You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, as we continue our Charlottesville retrospective six years after the fact. It's still news. People are being arrested now just in the last few days, uh, nearly a, a little bit more than a half decade since the event itself. James Edwards and Keith Alexander, uh, this August the 5th, 2023. Uh, Liz will take all of our breaks this hour. We blew a lot of the breaks in the first hour with Jason Kessler, uh, who opened up our six-year anniversary of Charlottesville with uh, his commentary and reflections. Uh, and now we go to Dr. Michael Hill, who is the, well, he's the president of the League of the South, the founder of the League of the South. We call him Chief. He's the chief of the League of yeah, the South. Right-haired eminence. <laughs> he is a, uh, All right, watch a, a it now. true Southern warrior. <laughs> hey, that's a new one. A true Southern warrior of Celtic stock. Uh, he is a guy, I, I say this. I like to use this term. He's a guy we can win with, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and the fact of the matter is the political landscape has forever been altered because of the setup in Charlottesville and the maliciously dishonest narrative that has been put forth by the controlled media. A lot of people fell through Charlottesville. A lot of people committed suicide because of Charlottesville. But heroes also rose because of Charlottesville. And one way or another, make no mistake, everything has changed. And as we continue to navigate the fallout from Charlottesville, we welcome again our friend uh, from the League of the South, Dr. Michael Hill, who was truly one of the heroes from that day. Dr. Hill, it's great to have you back. Uh, James, always great to be on the show. Keith, how are you doing tonight? Oh, doing great. Great to have you on. See, you're one of the survivors. You didn't commit suicide. You didn't quail or walk away from the movement. In fact, you're one of the uh, survivors, one who's well, standing proud. he didn't just survive it. Uh, he led it in, in many ways. Michael, I mean, obviously, one of the most iconic images from that day on August the 12th, 2017, was you leading your column into what you thought would be an opportunity to exercise your freedom of speech and assembly. It was anything but that. But you led that column along with Michael Tubbs, I believe. Uh, yes, that's right. Steadfastly, you look like you looked like uh, people that look folks, like our Confederate ancestors. Well, I tell you what, you look like well, a man. I'm very pleased uh, and, and gratified to hear you say that. Uh, I, I, let me say this first: I've never been prouder of the people who marched in that column with us. There were four to five hundred of us, and uh, we were greatly outnumbered. And we realized that we were going to have to. Uh, force our way through a, a very hostile crowd, a very, what could have been a very dangerous crowd, into that uh, park, into Lee Park, where we uh, and it had was. to be. And um, it was a danger. It was really a dangerous situation. And I, I thank God that we, we survived it and came out on the other side uh, in one piece. And I would uh, not change a thing about it other than 
I wish I'd have got to give him my speech. I had my damn speech in my pocket, and I never got to give it. <laughs> but otherwise, I couldn't have been prouder of the people who who marched with us uh, in into the into the jaws of of, of the the leftist uh, Jewish trap that they had set there for us, and we we came out on the other side, thank God, and survived it. And they haven't beaten us down, so we uh, we continue to fight. Six years later, and I, I know that they're not through with uh, trying to uh, prosecute people who were there, as you said, James, just uh, exercising their right to freedom of assembly and freedom of speech. Now they're arresting uh, those people in that uh, Tiki torch march the previous evening under some really vague uh, law about uh, carrying a uh, you know, a, a, a lighted whatever, and and uh, uh, intimidating people with it. You know, uh, obviously what that's based that law on some obscure for. old law about uh, the the clan uh, uh, having lighted crosses. But yeah, you know, exactly. That's what odd, it is. They never did anything like that in in Selma. Uh, you know, for the people that protested. Uh, <laughs> for civil rights in Selma or in Memphis, Keith, you can't get off the compare and contrast, can well, you? Well, that's it's the thing is we need to bring that up because there is such a great difference, such a gulf. It shows that these people are not principled. All right, let's, at all. Let's, let's let's ask it this way, Michael. Did you think you would have the same rights that Martin Luther King and John Lewis would have that day? Did you think that your rights, uh, your constitutional rights, would be protected? James, in all honesty, no. I, I had I had long ago realized that white men don't have the same rights as anyone else in this uh, this new America. So I, I I really didn't expect my rights to be upheld. But as I had told someone earlier, when we reached the point that we reached, uh, you know, being about thirty or so feet from that uh, barrier. Of, of smelly communist anti-fine Black Lives Matter people, we didn't have much of a choice. Uh, we we were going through because we weren't going to be turned around well, and Michael, denied our right to to say, you know to speak and and to assemble. Did you think you'd see a black man with a flamethrower accosting you? Well, no, not specifically. But once I saw it, I was not surprised. And I was certainly not surprised <laughs> in the aftermath of it when he didn't get anything but a slap on the wrist for it. So I, I knew that, that's the whole go. thing right there. Yeah, you got people. Yeah. yeah, you got a guy with a flamethrower pointing it at, at 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 the people who were permitted to be on public property that day. He didn't get anything, and then you got people who lit tiki torches who are facing five years in prison. I think that Keith really sums up the difference between Selma and Charlottesville. Uh, Dr. Yeah, Hill? I, I, like, like Orwell said, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. All right. Dr. Hill, That's get right. away. All right, let me ask you this. Uh, wow, there's so much to, to ask. You said you did expect it. Did you expect you would see, though, the law enforcement standing down? We asked this of, of Jason Kessler the previous hour, too. Law enforcement standing down and allowing people to just be beaten down right in front of them and not stepping in in any way to intervene? I mean, that is next-level stuff. Not raising a hand when that I is, saw crimes being committed. That's something else. No, I, had, I didn't expect that because... A few months previous to Charlottesville, uh, we had uh, taken the league to 
Pikeville, Kentucky, and then the weekend after that to New Orleans. And there was a police presence uh, in both of those places that separated the, the two sides and kept any, any real trouble. I mean, there were some skirmishes and things like that, but nothing really got out of hand. And that's kind of what we expected to see at Charlottesville. Uh, we expected uh, at least that the cops would be out there doing their job. But uh, it didn't take as long to figure out that there, were, there was not going to be any, any policing done that day. So what they did is basically set us up, drove us out of the park into the waiting arms of Antifa, and everybody took uh, video of it, and now they're prosecuting based on that video. So what a setup. All right, we're going to take a quick break, quick break, uh, and we'll be back with uh, Dr. Michael Hill, president of the League of the South, leagueofthesouth.com. I'm member you should be too. Stay tuned. Dr. Hill is back with us next. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime. There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. In the medical field, IT security is crucial. Our highly skilled consultants are HIPAA certified and have 20 plus years of experience servicing medical clinics, billing and supply companies. We offer comprehensive endpoint protection, guarding your computers and servers against all stages of threats. And with our 24-7 monitoring services, you'll never worry about extensive downtime again. Ready to level up your IT support? Call 801-706-6980 today and discover how great IT services can be with managed IT services. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to TC uh, as we cover Charlottesville six years after the fact. It was uh, six years ago, almost tonight, next week, the 12th, that all of this happened. And it really changed the course of uh, American history in some ways. I think I agree with Jason Kessler when he said uh, that what's happening to Donald Trump right now was the fruit of Charlottesville. Uh, and I will also say again, as I have said so many times before, 
I always like to bring up the fact that we are now in our 19th year on the radio. That's an awful lot of hanging on. A lot of people haven't made it that long, especially in this political climate. But uh, over all the shows and all the broadcast hours we've done, I think the best work we've ever done was on August the 12th, 2017. Uh, We gave you the eyewitnesses. We gave you the people who were there. Completely unfiltered. Uh, what uh, uh, on the scene uh, interviews with people who were participating in this, and I don't think anyone else did that. But what? And we were what, able to do it on on the spot the night of. And Michael Hill was one of the guests that evening. And, and uh, what Charlottesville proved to the left is they could get away with anything, and that's why they're going after the uh, Tiki Torch people. That's why they're going after the Jan- January the sixth people. And that's why they're going after former President Trump. And I think, Michael, that this is going to have a devastating effect. I think these people have no sense of awareness. I think these people have no sense of uh, what's, what's, what's coming and what they're doing. Uh, and that is to our benefit. But uh, it doesn't mean that it's comfortable. And you certainly have suffered as a result of this. Uh, we uh, covered, as I said last hour with Jason Kessler, for a month. We covered people from all over the world are looking at these events with their jaws hanging open and cannot believe this is the United States of America where this type of tyranny reigns. That civil trial, uh, we covered that for a month. Uh, Michael, we talked about how you appointed yourself uh, as a man worthy of your southern patrimony on the day of August the 12th, 2017. Uh, But you did it again during your civil trial. I. I will say this. You I don't really think acqu- you you acquitted yourself very well, I'm, as well as anybody at that trial. Let me. Say I that. don't think I have ever been more inspired by your performance in that civil trial. <laughs> they came with you at all of these gotcha statements, and you said, you know, and I heard other people on the trial that day. Not anybody that has has been a guest on this program, I should add, but other people who said, "Well, I can't believe I ever felt that way." I mean, obviously, I'm embarrassed by that. I've changed. Believe me. You said I believed it then, and I believe it now, and you said it repeatedly as they tried to uh, confront you with these very factual statements that you had made in your past. but what, what, You were as strong as Garrett Snuff, <laughs> as we say down south. What has been the fallout from that? Has the league recovered from that? Well, it, it's still pending. We, we have, uh, we've appealed the decision. They're trying to hit us with some, uh, some charges uh, for, for, you know, uh, some expenses that the uh, plaintiffs had that they want us to pay, even though we weren't convicted. Uh, under the particular counts that that uh, these charges would be liable for, so we've appealed it, and the appeal uh, is still uh, hanging in the balance. We don't know, but uh, it's not over for us. But uh, you know, I, I, I knew on that day, uh, both days actually, August the twelfth, and then in November of uh, twenty 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 one, um, that uh, not only God was watching me, but my father was watching me, and so was General Forrest. So I had to do well uh, because I didn't want to have to face him one of these days and hang my head in shame. And obviously, on a serious note, I, I hey, wait, 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 Dr. Michael, 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 I, I got to ask you, what do you think was more troublesome, facing Roberta Kaplan or having 30 horses shot out from under you? Um, yeah, I, I think I'd rather face Roberta Kaplan than have 30 <laughs> horses shot out from under me. Uh, but it was not pleasant looking in the eyes of uh, of those uh, BDI Jewish New York lawyers. 
But, uh, hey, you know, you do what you have to do. <laughs> That's like facing the devil. Uh, <laughs> hey, no kidding. Hey, well, <laughs> but no, listen, I, it's not least, an uh, enviable spot. No, uh, at least spot. if it's not the devil, it's his children. So, you know. All right, let me. But, all right, seriously. Let me, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, James. Well, no, I got two go questions I got to ask. I got to ask two questions because I want to get to the thing we asked you during the break at the top of the hour, the legacy, the fallout, what people should remember, where we go from here. You had some great things to say about that. I want to give you that uh, opportunity to say it before we run out of time and we get to uh, Ann Wilson-Smith at the, at the halfway point of this hour. But a question that has come in from a listener uh, tonight, your opinion on the groups that have appeared since Charlottesville, like the National Justice Party and Patriot Front, uh, and your opinion on the dissolution of practically every group except the League of the South since Charlottesville. Uh, so basically every well, every uh, group that existed before Charlottesville has uh, fallen by the wayside. Except for the League of the South, and then you have new groups like NJP and Patriot Front. Michael, the man. Well, I, I, yeah, I've been watching some of these new groups, and I think they're doing some good work. I, I must admit I don't know a lot about uh, what they do, but I, I hear about them. I, I'm glad that some white white boys out there are standing up and kind of, you know, in the in post-Charlottesville world, kind of getting out in the streets and doing some things. Um, you know, Charlottesville had to, had to happen. We had to challenge. We had to challenge the left in the streets over our, our heroes and our culture, and Charlottesville was the place to do it. I knew that we were walking into a hostile situation, but Boys, let me tell you something. I'd do it all over again if I had to because that had to be done. And I think what happened is, as as you mentioned a minute ago, the left has been emboldened by this, and they're doing uh, to the J6 people now what they did to us. But what happened on that day is the mask was ripped off the monster. The monster became exposed to a lot of normal Americans, and instead of frightening them, which it may have at first, it just made them mad, and, and I agree with you, James. There's going to be a tremendous hard right dissident backlash eventually. Michael, again, we were at, like Bob Dylan said, "It's a hard rain is going to fall," and, uh, <laughs> and and you know, I I tell you one thing that I think we should learn from it is that you don't do things the quote unquote proper way. That NJP, for example, is getting stuff done because. They do it impromptu. They don't tell anybody they're going to yeah. show up anywhere, and they just show up, yeah. and they can't. Well, we actually had one of their principals last week, uh, Warren Baylog, who I respect uh, uh, quite a lot. But Michael, we were in South Carolina, uh, what about a month ago tonight, actually? And you said, I asked you, is there any doubt that we're going to win? And you said, boy, there ain't even a doubt. And I believe that. I believe something is coming that we can't even possibly comprehend as we sit here tonight. And I think that it's coming soon. Yeah, well, we've got two minutes remaining. We've got two minutes remaining uh, with you, Michael. The legacy, what do you want people to know about Charlottesville? You were going to give us an answer to a question. I said, what do you think is the most important thing you could convey to the audience tonight? Give it to us now. Lesson from Charlottesville. Yeah, you, uh, we, we stood up to the left in the streets. The right normally has not stood up in the streets. The right has been more of an intellectual movement. We stood up in the streets against these people and challenged them in their own domain over our history and culture. This will be a watershed challenge. We, we scared the living daylights out of the left that, that day, and they haven't forgotten it, and that has caused them to act irrationally, and they are acting that way right now, with Donald Trump and the J6 people, Charlottesville was the beginning of that, and it's going to be the end of the communist left eventually. 
I don't think they are aware of how bad they look. They're overplaying ever. their hand. They think they're drunk on power. They have no sense of awareness. Uh, they exactly. are exactly. I do exactly. believe that with every. I, I don't say that to make myself feel good. I don't say that to embolden the audience. It's not a, a false a type of. Yeah, I, I I believe that not only are gonna are we gonna win. I think things are gonna change dramatically. I do in, too. Within our not just my lifetime, Michael, but within. Um, their mistakes are more effective in moving the ball forward for us than our advocacy. Well, so I tell do. you what I really worry about now is that uh, when it happens, the people who deserve the credit won't get it. And that's people like us. I, 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 I really think that uh, that's my biggest concern right now. I don't think there's any doubt what they're doing to Trump. They are playing with fire, uh, global yeah. nuclear war, uh, economic collapse. It's all in the cards. It's all on the deck. And people have radicalized so much when they I become know. uncomfortable. They don't even know what sort of force they're going to unleash. You know, Michael reminds me of our that's late right. comrade, Bill Rowland. You know, he would get out there and oh, get involved yeah. in all of these things. And he was... He was fearless, just like. But Michael he was Hill. also uh, he was also tactful, and he was also intelligent. He was all of that and brave. Michael, final word. Yeah, you I love, that too, obviously. I, I love Bill Rowland. I sure do miss him. Uh, I don't care if I get any credit for this, James. I really don't. There are there are a few people in this in this world, and they know who they are. That I care about their opinion about this, and that's you know my friends and uh, people who know me. I don't care if I get any credit for this, as long as the good Lord knows what I've done and a few people that I've, I value their opinion on this earth. Michael, uh, sure y'all you feel the are same way. an inspiration. You are an inspiration, and you're a better man than me. I don't want people like Charlie Kirk to get the credit for it. I don't want these kosher conservatives to get the credit for it when it turns out. You're a better man than I am, Gunga Den. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, the people who deserve the credit are the people we interview on this program like Michael Hill. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barmash. A federal judge is giving former President Trump until Monday to respond to special counsel Jack Smith's motion for a protective order. Smith filed the motion Friday night after Trump posted on Truth Social, quote, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. Former D.C. officer Michael Fanone on CNN said, this is familiar territory for Trump. It's just more of the same. I mean, this is the same rhetoric that the former president used uh, in the weeks and months leading up to January 6th. Judge Tanya Chutkin on Saturday denied Trump's team a three-day extension on the motion. Rudy Giuliani has until Tuesday to either forfeit a lawsuit against him or explain to a judge why he shouldn't. A federal judge issued the order related to statements Giuliani made about two Georgia election workers that he recently admitted in court were false and defamatory. The two election workers filed a lawsuit against Giuliani, who is presumed to be an unnamed co-conspirator in the Justice Department's indictment of Trump for allegedly trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Two Florida police officers are expected to recover after they were shot during a traffic stop Friday night. The Orlando police say the officers stopped a vehicle that had been carjacked when they were shot. Orlando Police Chief Eric Smith says the officers stopped a vehicle that had been carjacked when they were shot. The has been identified as 28-year-old Dayton Bale with extensive violent criminal history. 
The suspect was shot and died from his injuries. The death of a dancer from New York City is being charged as a hate crime. O'Shea Sibley, a 28-year-old, was stabbed to death outside a Brooklyn gas station last week. The Texas Attorney General is appealing a ruling that would have relaxed the state's abortion ban. Until final word from the Texas Supreme Court, the state's current abortion ban is still in effect. This is USA News. Everything is expensive right now. Gas, food, you name it. You're spending more, you're making the same or less money. So, what do you do? You rack up credit card debt, that's what you do. It's not your fault, it's the economy. And guess what? If you rack up too much credit card debt like some of us, you can't pay your bills. Then the credit card companies, as nice as they are, start hounding you for money. Then you start your downward spiral. A smart thing for you to do is to call the Zero Debt. They can help you consolidate all your credit card bills into one affordable payment. Millions of people have done it. It works to make you debt-free. Make this free call right now. It costs you nothing to learn more. 800-503-7846. 800-503-7846. That's 800-503-7846. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We had intended tonight to spend the entire three hours in this Charlottesville retrospective. We'll be at Amrin broadcasting live. I'll actually be speaking at Amrin next week. And so because of that, uh, we couldn't do this Charlottesville Revisited uh, program on the anniversary of the event itself, which was actually on a, on a Saturday. And it's going to be on a Saturday this year, Saturday, August uh, the, the 12th. Uh, so we're doing it a week early, and uh, we were going to do the entire three hours on it, but we had to carve out an hour to spend on the latest arrest of Donald Trump. He's getting arrested about every week now, but it's big news, so we've got to talk about it. And we're going to talk about that in the third hour. Uh, but before we do that, let's get back to Charlottesville. You've already heard from Jason Kessler and Dr. Michael Hill. And now we bring on with us uh, the lady who wrote the book about it, a friend of mine. And uh, a, a lady who is making her debut appearance on the program tonight, Ann Wilson-Smith, author of the book Charlottesville Untold, Inside Unite the Right. Ann, how are you doing tonight? Um, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, you are certainly, as we made mention of during the break, uh, Keith and I were talking to you, you are Southern nobility, the daughter of <laughs> uh, the preeminent Southern historian Clyde wilson and you're the, uh, the you're the unchallenged expert on Charlottesville. Yeah, I I think so in many ways. You've certainly done the research, so <laughs> it's great to have, it's great to have you on tonight. Okay, thank you. Well, you heard I, I asked you during the break. You actually listened to Jason and Michael's uh, contributions to the program tonight. What would you say in response to that as we get this uh, segment with you started? Well, um, I I um, agree with what Jason was saying about um, about assuming that the, our civil rights will be protected. And I've been reflecting um, since you asked me to come on the program about um, how different my perspective on the world was back then. It seems like a lifetime ago when I thought that 
we could have a rally like this in a park and, mm-hmm. you know, it would go off smoothly exactly. and go back to our normal lives afterwards. It just it feels almost absurd to think about that now, but that's what I believed at the time. Um, and it's just really mind-blowing how it's been um, reinterpreted and um, weaponized, um, mischaracterized, I guess is the word I'm looking for, um, and taken on a life of its own. The myth has taken on a life of its own. It's just very, very surreal. It really is. I mean, I, I truth say that, is stranger than fiction. I say that remarkably, mm-hmm. Anne, because of, I take myself back six years, and I thought, I mean, I certainly thought that there was a, uh, certainly a risk of uh, of there being some violence because uh, I knew mm-hmm. Antifa and BLM would be present. So you you bring those actors in, and there's there's going to be violence. I mean, they burnt down cities. They did. I mean, we've seen what they've done, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I certainly didn't anticipate that the government and law enforcement entities themselves would be a part of the trap to ensure not just that there might be violence mm-hmm. but that ensure that there would be violence and and and, and so mm-hmm. that it was uh, there that day on charlottesville but uh, let me ask you this you uh, are a writer you wrote a children's book about robert e lee that i have shared with mm-hmm. my own children i have it here at the home uh, you were one of the uh, collaborators uh, for uh, the honorable cause of Free South, you were one of the authors of that book, and I had the opportunity to collaborate with you in that endeavor, and it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. I just really appreciate how well reviewed that book has been. So you you've been out there as a writer, but what what was it that motivated you and compelled you to write the book Charlottesville Untold inside Unite the Right? I'm sure you could have avoided being associated with an event that has been. Uh, so maimed by the media. Why'd you jump in the middle of it? Well, uh, well, I mean, I, I thought and prayed about it a lot, and I actually I almost felt like I would be negligent if I didn't do it because I had been watching for so long all the, the you know the myths take form and about and the lies and accusations against people, and I had also been following um, the fallout from the people I knew were there, you know Jason's reporting and you know all all the other people that were um, you know writing and, and blogging or whatever about it and. Um, so I had a lot of contrary facts, and I I thought, I mean, somebody there's so much information out there, but the the mainstream public is not being exposed to any of it, and they wouldn't know. You have to know where to dig to get it, and, and most people wouldn't know that. So I felt like I just I had it all at my fingertips, and it, somebody needed to do it, and I, I, you know, just felt, I mean, it was almost an obligation because somebody needed to pull all this information and put it into a form that's digestible and, you know, for, for posterity and because and because the people that were being lied about really didn't have anyone to, to um, stand up for them and put the truth out there. You, uh, you, you did the jobs that America's elite <laughs> journalists wouldn't do. Well, that's absolutely right. <laughs> and she you. did it definitively. She did it definitively and with the facts, like Timothy Heafy, who we mentioned with Jason Kessler, just the facts, mm-hmm. the who, what, where, when, and why. Uh, and I will share with you this. Uh, there are exactly, as we broadcast tonight from our studio, exactly 30 books that are displayed here. And uh, amongst the titles we have... Right from the beginning, The Great Betrayal, A Republic, Not an Empire, Death of the West. Basically, everything mm-hmm. written by Pat Buchanan. Uh, we have a couple of Bob uh-huh. Whitaker books. We have uh, uh, a uh, Race in the American Southern Prosper. Southern by the Grace of God. Yeah, we got some Michael Andrew Grissom. We got, uh, well, we got racism schmacism. How did that ever make the, the thing? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we've got, yeah, we've got something <laughs> stuck in there. <laughs> we've got, somebody put mm-hmm. that in there. That's a joke. But, no, we've got... Uh, 
uh, Drew Lackey's book, Another View of the Civil Rights Movement, and we have your book, Charlottesville Untold, Inside Unite the Right. Uh, tell us again uh, your findings. You're in select company. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, truly, but no, that, that's one of the books we wanted to always have on display here for anybody who might happen to meander into the studio. But it was an important book, and you did a lot of work on it, and you, you made mention of the fact of why you did it. And we're going to get into some more contemporary topics of, of Charlottesville. As Southerners uh, say, when you hit the nail on the head, you drive it straight. Man, so. <laughs> Talk about the arrest <laughs> in the next segment, but... Uh, what were your biggest takeaways from the book and the people that you interviewed for it? Well, um, the, um, I guess that there was a very wide variety of people there. You know, and you hear in the news, it's the, the deadly white supremacist rally, it's the Nazis, the violent militants. And, you know, and the people that I talked to, there was a wide variety of people. I mean, and there were some white nationalists, there were Southern nationalists, there were um, mainstream conservatives, there were Confederate heritage people. Um, there were all types of people there. And, um, you know, the, that it, they've all been painted with the same brush because it fits the narrative to do that. Um, so that's one one important thing, um, and the other important thing is the um, the uneven application of the law in the aftermath. Um, as you said, that you know they got the pictures and they told they they told part of the story. They they you know had the still photos of the the people fighting back that um, they were fighting their way through the crowd they were forced into, and they made it look like those people were on the attack, and they um, prosecuted only one portion of the people. And and that the use of lawfare, um, I guess, and the the uneven prosecution is the important thing because that's continuing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt it's continuing. It's continuing all the way up to it has a life of its own, and they never did anything like this to the people. Uh, like you're going to bring it up again. Yeah, you're going right. to bring it up yeah, again. Well, so well, see, that's, it. That's, that's what you have to bring up. You need to make sure people get that message. Well, but now it's going all the way up to and including Donald Trump, and I know, and and I I wish now, and and as some of us saw it coming, I'm sure you did that if it wasn't stopped, that it was going to continue, that they were going to they're coming for the easy targets, the low hanging fruit of people that were you know outside of the mainstream right, and um, and then they started working more towards the mainstream and you know the people that just tried to distance themselves from us that should have stood up for us and said hey you know they're exercising their rights you know i don't care if you like them or not then um you know that the, the, the alligator would eat them next to refer to the old winston churchill quote well see it's um, it's it's lawfare warfare mm-hmm. by using the legal process and they pick people that they can as lawyers call it money with people that can't mm-hmm. afford to get involved in protracted litigation. Mm-hmm. Well, and as you said, Keith, I mean, this is certainly something you wouldn't have seen had the shoe been on the other foot. And uh, Nobody came after Martin Luther King or John Lewis or any of the, uh, Jesse Jackson like this. Well, I mean, you know, maybe King spent a night in jail, as, you know, as sort of a, a, a stunt, but he was completely backed by the federal government, the courts, and the media. And, and also people like the Lawyers Guild. They had money, stacks of money for bail and everything for these people. We didn't have that on our side. Well, and, and mm-hmm. so now you have these people facing very, I mean, you're, you're talking about average people, working class folks, and who were there to defend the monument of not just a Southern, but truly an American hero, Robert E. Lee. Mm-hmm. 
And now they're facing five years in prison. Now, And the statue has uh, got an even more ignominious fate ahead of it. They've given it to some black group that's going to melt it down and uh, maybe make a statue of George Floyd out of it. <laughs> we don't know what they're going to do, and I don't even want to imagine it. But the, the idea that these people are going to be now spending – we're going to get to this with Ann Wilson-Smith. This is actually her uh, – primary reason for being on the show tonight and i hear the music so we're gonna get into it with her right after this but uh folks if you can believe it or not still to this day on amazon.com you can find charlottesville untold inside unite the right you can still find the honorable cause of free south both titles by ann wilson smith either she wrote or contributed to get them tonight while you still can and you might not be able to on monday we'll be right back Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. to be joined tonight by Ann Wilson-Smith. Author of the definitive book on Charlotte. I believe it is the definitive book, Charlottesville Untold Inside Unite the Right. To be sure to get it if you can and while you still can. We have a copy right here in the studio tonight. I am looking at it through my own two eyes. But Ann, we (laughs) want to wrap up our (laughs) commentary and coverage of Charlottesville six years after the fact tonight with you and in this segment, and that is dealing with the most recent arrest. You have been writing about this for VDare.com, our good friend Peter Brimelow. And Mm -hmm. interestingly, uh, a lot of the people who were prominently featured in photographs uh, at Unite the Right by so-called journalists are now finding themselves being arrested, whether it be people you've never heard of before, like Peter I don't know if I can pronounce his last name. Turchin. 
<laughs> no, no, no. He wrote a book about. No, that's a different thing, Keith. Peter uh, Satanovic uh, or uh, Augustus Invictus. People are being arrested now six years later. You wrote for VDare.com. A ridiculous six years after the legendary August twelfth. Uh, uh, excuse me, this was August eleventh. I'm sorry, the the Tiki Torch March, mm-hmm. August eleventh, uh, two thousand seventeen, nighttime Tiki Torch March across Charlottesville's University of Virginia campus. Florida attorney Augustus Sol Invictus became the seventh participant to be arrested on June the twenty sixth, two thousand twenty three. Today, after being mm-hmm. held in jail in Florida for weeks, apparently out of sheer vindictiveness. He did not contest extradition to Virginia. He is due to appear in court in Charlottesville at a bond hearing. So this, Anne, is the primary reason I know you wanted to appear tonight. Talk about these arrests Mm -hmm. more than half a decade later. What is going on here? Well, you know, after Science C. Tesla, I actually wrote a blog um, titled Charlottesville in the Rear View because with the exception of a few legal matters that, that needed to be tidied up, I thought, well, nothing new could possibly happen. I didn't realize what was going on in um, in the Charlottesville local politics, that their um, their DA had been unseated by someone who was promising to go after Charlottesville attendees. And um, they found a, the, a law, um, the um, burning an object on public property with the intention to intimidate, it's a five-year felony, um, possible um, five-year sentence, and um, there's no statute of limitations. And they've been – they've arrested nine now. There were seven when I wrote that. There's, there's been nine total arrests, um, and there's an unknown number of sealed indictments. So there's no telling. I mean, there were hundreds of people there. There's no telling yeah, how many I wouldn't expect any me. sense of restraint on the part of this uh, prosecutor. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to go for every right. person that he can possibly identify. Yes, and as, as Jason mentioned about the obsessive Antifa, there are, are still active um, social media accounts and websites where they are showing people from every possible angle. Um, here's this person in a red baseball hat. Um, here's him from a different angle and a different, um, you know, and and they're looking to identify all these people. They dox them. Now, some of them have not been arrested, but they've lost their jobs um, because they, they publicize that they and, – and they weren't even people that were accused of any wrongdoing. They were just attendees. Um, but as far as the, the torch march um, arrest, I mean, this is it's really something that can create terror. Some of these people um, have renounced the outright. Some of them have um, gone on to, um, you know, to other things. Some of them um, some of them had criminal histories and some did not. And so any person could, has to worry about being yanked away from their life now who was in attendance. And the bad thing is that. Everybody who participated in that had a good faith expectation that they were in a First Amendment protected legal demonstration. They did not intend to do anything felonious. And now, um, you know, they're in danger of facing five years in prison. It's, it's horrible. You wrote the article at VDare.com, Communist Coup in Charlottesville, and Victus arrested for Tiki Torch March Parade. I mean, you just gave us a pretty good uh, treatment and uh explanation of it but is there anything else you would like to add about these arrests and 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 what it means and where we go here in the near term well um i i just think it um basically they're just trying to prosecute everyone they can just like with with j6 as a matter of fact there is another connection one of the men who was arrested for the torch march um pled guilty um he was given five years but four and a half suspended and when he finished his sentence in charlottesville he was immediately picked up by federal agents and charged for um involvement with j6 
so I think that this is par- all part of the same, um, you know, the same push to um, suppress any kind of um, activism and um, public protest. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely a fact. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I was talking with Jason about this before the show tonight, and I was, you know, I was like, Jason, I mean, what about, you know, this, this handful of people who have been arrested and indicted for the Tiki Torch March? They're facing five years in prison, but, uh, you know, why them? Of all the people who were there, why these small number of people so far? Now, it could be a, a, another J6 situation where they get everybody eventually, but so far it's been, you know, mm-hmm. pretty sporadic. I think other than Augustus Invictus, he's the only sort of named, Nine. he's the only guy with a profile mm-hmm who's really been indicted so far. Other people are just sort of faces in the crowd. It's like they uh, stuck their hand into a fish tank and just the first six fish they pulled out were the ones they indicted. I mean, do you mm-hmm. have any any opinion on that, Ann? Uh, well, I'm not sure what's going on behind the scenes, but, I mean, it seems to me that the randomness is kind of increases the terror. That if they, if, if you know, I, if I, somebody was there, they, they didn't do anything wrong, and they, they still have to worry. They're not just going after um, That's prominent right. people. So. You know. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's certainly going to stifle dissent going forward, and I get that. But Keith, mm-hmm. well, it's the more you stir it, the more it stinks. What they're trying mm-hmm. to do is make everyone in the right realize that you cannot avail yourself of the same civil rights as the left availed themselves of in the fifties and sixties. They are mm-hmm. going to go. They they apparently feel invincible because. They're the people with money. They're the people with connections. They're the people that are in control of our government and our industry, our media, and academia. Uh, So consequently, they can do whatever they please, and we're helpless because uh, our people are not wealthy. Our people are not uh, people that are in positions of power and authority in our society. So consequently... They can come after us uh, in a way that no one ever dreamt of coming after, let's say, Martin Luther King or Jesse Jackson or Mar- or uh, John Lewis back in the day. Imagine mm-hmm. what would have happened if Southern prosecutors had gone after them the way that they're going after the uh, Unite the Right mm-hmm. protesters and the J6 protesters. I'd then. certainly say it couldn't be any worse than it is now. But. Well, I'm, I'm just telling you that it's just, you know, no, that there would have been such cries of outrage that, uh, you know. Well, that's because uh, that side owned the courts and the government well, and the this media. Is what, this is what people it's still need a different to understand. Situation. Well, the thing is, that's what we need to make sure that people understand. That there's this differential treatment the rules of the game are heads I win, tails you lose. Yeah, no, we, uh, yeah, I think we all we might not have known that six years ago tonight, but we all know it now. And, and we uh, need to keep bringing it up because there are a lot of people out there that don't understand. Not that. listening to us tonight, not at this point. But uh, and Brad Griffin, our friend at Occidental Descent, wrote last week, and I'll have you respond to this as we begin to enclose on the end of the hour. Brad wrote, at least three more people have been uh, indicted as a result of the torch march in Charlottesville. They've been arrested. Uh, he mentions their names. All were prominently featured by photographs uh, in photographs by the so-called journalists. And, and I think that's key. Even though Augustus Invictus was the only one who sort of had a profile, uh, the other people mm-hmm. were, if you Google uh, Unite the Right or Tiki Torch March, Etc. Etc. They're going to be the pictures you come up with, but uh, Brad mm-hmm. continues. This is the way our justice system works now. In progressive cities, the only thing that matters is whose side you're on. 
Uh, this was only dimly apparent to us back in 2017. The Unite the Right rally was premised on our belief in civil liberties. In theory, anyone has the First Amendment right to hold a demonstration on public grounds and enjoy police protection. But that is not the way the system works anymore. In the People's Republic of Charlottesville, it was not a crime to carry a tiki torch in a First Amendment demonstration in 2017. It only became a crime years after an election was held in 2019, and it was decided by the victor to start prosecuting people in retrospect for political reasons. Well, one thing I hope that the people that are being prosecuted will consider is a 1984 action, or 1983 action, I forget which one it is, for trying to stifle people's expression of well, civil forget rights. Forget it, forget it, forget it, because I had a slam dunk libel case, and you saw what happened there. We're not going to revisit that now. There's no hope in the courts, but this is what Brad concludes. I, I think there is, but... You know, I don't think... I don't... A thousand dollars made the difference in your case, but you know that's what now, we need well, to do. Well, you're you're thinking that the Supreme Court would have taken up my case, and I'll take your thousand dollars, but because they wouldn't have. But uh, Brad Griffin concludes, as I said on the political cesspool, the state of the country is dire, and we are closer to the brink of a disaster than we imagine. The fact that this is happening is just one data point in the overall trend. Millions of people on the right are losing confidence in elections, the system, the military, etc. And where do we go from here? Um, well, I'm not that political. I think that um, what I would say is that people need to, to build, um, you know, and, and um, network with like-minded local people. Um, it doesn't even have to be anything formal, but just, um, you know, build and um, preserve and, um, you know, d develop relationships. Um, and, you know, when things do start to crumble, you need to have something in place that's going to, you know, sustain you so i think that's that's the important thing and i think more and more people are, are realizing that um the system we grew up with is is just a ghost of itself now well that's absolutely right well yeah. what what it what had happened in the civil rights movement was that these people were backed up with the Law lawyers guild with the naacp legal defense fund with busloads of lawyers the white house and, <laughs> and stuff like this they had all the of that behind them you know uh they were bulletproof. They made sure that these people would not suffer financially or otherwise. And even if they went to jail like activism. Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, I mean, that wasn't a big deal because they no, knew that, they were that covered. Was a, that was a great career move for Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, see. But on the other hand, our people go in there leading with their chin. They don't realize that, you know, we can't expect the same type of treatment as the left got in the civil rights movement. And we've got to mm -hmm. try to find some way that we can protect people or else we have to come up with a different strategy than public protest. I want to thank Ann Wilson-Smith for her book, Charlottesville Untold, Inside Unite the Right. Be sure to get it while you still can. It's still publicly available for sale for her most recent work at vdare.com. And with 30 seconds remaining, where can people read more from you? Um, my website is reckoning.com. As you said, I'm on vdare um, and the book on Amazon. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. Again, I have to say what an honor it was to be included with you as one of the 12 authors of The Honorable Cause. And Keith. thank you for writing that book. Yeah, Somebody absolutely. had to do it. You're a hero of ours, Anne. And, uh, heroine. Or heroine. Oh, thank heroine. you so much. Heroine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll thank talk you. to you again soon. God bless you, dear lady. Stay tuned. Right, Third bye -bye. hour. Trump is arrested again.